Well, I brought my collection today. I'm a collector. Some people collect stamps. Uh, I actually collect flashlights. Yes, I love flashlights. Some of you have these little uh, figurines of different things, like the dancers. Uh, let's be honest, those are cheesy. Flashlights is the way to go, okay? And so I brought my collection of flashlights. They are very exciting. Uh, this is my first one. This really packs a punch, so to speech, speak. So you have a light here, but if you need to take it up to 11, so to speak, you kick it to the next thing right there, and wow, that's supercharged light. Okay, it's very important. Don't sneak up on me when I have this particular light because you may get more than you bargained for. Now, this one's kind of neat as well. See, this looks like a regular flashlight, right? But if you want to kick it to the next level, all of a sudden you've got the green, okay? Even further, now you just have the green. And every now and then when I hear my friends from Alpha Centauri call to me at night, I go ahead and stick this out and I try to signal them to come and get me. And yet they never come. That's another story. And finally, this is a great one. Now I wonder about this. The light is actually on, I believe. And when you hit it, the light is here, right? But if you really want to dim things down, you put it in there. Which is really great because this brings up a lot of light, doesn't it? Now, it doesn't make any sense, right? If you're going to have light, you open it up. You don't close it. So why they came up with this, I don't know. This is really dumb. I'm going to sell this on eBay as soon as I get off this podium here. You know, light is a very interesting thing. Think about light. It's not necessarily that you have it. It's what you do with it. Right? Light can be used for a variety of different things. And light can also be concealed. It can be hidden so it has no effect. It's really what this passage is about, isn't it? It's about the light. It's about how we respond to it. For the light of the world has come into the world. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, take care, not what you hear, but rather how you hear it. Either internalizing it, making it a part of who you are, or suppressing it and hiding it. So how we respond to the light will determine everything. In the next two or three hours, I want to go ahead and examine three questions. Number one, how we respond to the light. How do you respond to the light? Number two, how the light responds to you. And finally, number three, what the light reveals. How shall we respond to the light? how the light will respond to us, and finally, what the light will reveal. Well, let's begin. How shall we respond to the light? We have to ask the first question, what exactly is light here? He's speaking metaphorically, clearly. Well, we can understand this. If you remember last week, I was talking about uh, Jesus gave the parable of the seed. Jesus often will speak in two or three different illustrations to give the same point. And so the seed and the light are very similar. If you'll remember, in Luke 8, 11, Jesus is talking about a sower who plants a host of seeds. Some that fall on good soil, some that don't. And he says that the seed is the Word of God. And that Christ is the sower who's sowing the seed. Some of which is landing on good soil. And so now he's talking about light. Light, like the seed, is the Word of God. It's the revelation of God that comes forth. But where this illustration is a little bit different 
is you have the seed and the sower, but you have the light and the light giver. See, we see so much scripture talking about the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And so we have the light and the light giver. We understand this really. When you think about light, light is the extension of its source. So we see light, but where is the light really emanating from? It's emanating from the source above. If we go out and we look at uh, the light that's all around us, the light is simply a manifestation of the source where it has come from. The sun in that case. It's almost as if the sun is communicating its properties in the light that is coming and shining upon us. So sunlight is how the sun is communicated to us. And sun is life. Without life, all will die. And so we see what's going on here with the seed. That first of all, Jesus Christ, the light, is the one who emanates from the source of light, God Himself. In the book of Hebrews, it says that the Son, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. That Jesus is God radiating out into the world, the visible expression of the invisible God. And so as we read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Much like light is the expression of the sun, the Word is the expression of God. And so this light came to earth. Verse 9 of John, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. So light equals life, and darkness equals death. Why did the light come into the world? Because there was darkness. In Isaiah, the scriptures say that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Isn't it interesting when Jesus was born, there was so much light around him? How did the wise men find him? It was the star in the sky. It was the light that led them there to him. What about the shepherds at night watching over their sheep? And the light of the glory of God shone round about them. And they were afraid. When Jesus came, light came. And so this word, the living word, Jesus Christ, is light and life. And so as the sun, light communicates the sun, the words that Jesus speak communicate the life of God. As Jesus said, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. And so Jesus is the Word who gives Himself in the spoken Word, which gives itself in the written Word. And so as I speak the Word, it's as if God is shining upon us with His revelation. Jesus is in His Word, a seed that brings life and growth. And so understanding what light He's talking about, His Word, His life, we have to ask the question, how do we respond to it? Notice verse 16 where Jesus is telling this story to these people, this analogy. And I'm sure he's got a little bit of a sense of humor here as everybody is listening. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, 
but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Now keep in mind the light that they would light is an oil lamp. It's an open flame. Now, oil was precious, so when would they light the lamp? When darkness came. Didn't need it otherwise. But it would be ridiculous to put it under a jar, right? As ridiculous to light something up and hide it. That would make no sense. It would be even more ridiculous to put it under a mattress. Keep in mind, mattresses there were stuffed and they were made of straw. So to put a light under the mattress would be to set it on fire. How ridiculous. How fruitless, Jesus is saying. No, he said, instead you take this light and you put it on a stand. So those who enter can see. Implicitly, that you can see them. And they can see you. See, there are only two options for light. It must either be revealed, or it must be concealed. So option A, to hide the light, is dumb. It's dangerous. It's fruitless. But option B, to showcase the light, is natural. It's safe and it's fruitful. And so when you come in, you see the light. The people that enter. They see the light everywhere. You know, it's interesting. It says that they come in and they can see the light. They're seeing the light. Much like you're seeing the light from me. Right? The light is shining upon me, but ultimately you're seeing the light. And so what Jesus is saying is this light that you set on the stand is not just for you. No, actually, as you put the light on its stand, as you lift it up in your life, you are manifesting and displaying the glory of God. Did Jesus not say that you are the light of the world? And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Indeed, the scriptures say that you will shine like stars as you hold out the word of life. And so, Jesus is saying, appropriate the light and, light and display the light. We must ask the question, who wouldn't want to do that? Why not receive the light that has come into the world? John 3.19 puts it this way, that this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. You see, light not only illuminates, it also exposes. And why do we hate the light? Because our deeds are evil. It's easier to conceal our deeds in the darkness, right? All of us have evil. All of us have done wrong. If somehow light was to come out and to show everything to come to light, so to speak, who here would not tremble as the thoughts and attitudes of heart would be revealed and displayed? But you see, light not only comes to expose, it comes to heal. Jesus Christ came not only with truth, but with grace. As Jesus said, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Christ came to give the light to us to expose our sins so He could cleanse us from them. So He could care for us. So He could heal us. But for some people, for some reason, they see the sin, but they don't see the Savior. Think of the prodigal son, you remember? 
the prodigal who runs away and comes back with nothing other than basically failure. And as he comes before the Father in all of his dirtiness and brokenness, his Father shines the light of love upon him, right? Quick, bring me the robe and the family ring. Put shoes on his feet. Let's celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and he is found. But what about the other son who can't believe this, the light of the Father's countenance upon him? I've been working for you all of my life, yet you've never even sacrificed a goat for me. And here this son who has basically spent all your wealth on prostitutes come and you kill the fattened calf. And Jesus says, don't you realize, older son, that everything I have is yours. You see, the prodigal who was a sinner saw the Savior. But the older son who was obedient saw the sin. For some of us, sin can become our Savior. We love it so much. And so we tread into the darkness. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is by light that everything becomes visible. And that is why it's said, Wake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. And so, we need not fear the light. We need not respond to it by retreating. We can embrace the light. But we must choose how to respond. I don't know if uh, there was a meteorological phenomenon. I'm so proud I said meteorological, by the way. Very difficult word. That occurred on July 31st. Does anyone know what occurred on July 31st? It was a blue moon. I don't know if you were driving home, but for some reason it was a clear night. And I looked up and I saw this moon. And it was gigantic. It was fantastic. And I'm scratching my head going, what is going on with this moon? Well, it was a blue moon. And a blue moon isn't necessarily bigger than a regular moon. It just was a clear night. But basically what a blue moon is, is if you look at the astronomical calendar, there's supposed to be one full moon every month, right? But because of the way things are, I think it's actually 29 point something days, the days add up and eventually you have 13 moons in one year. In fact, if the timing is just right, you can have two moons in one month. It occurs about every 2.7 years. So we got to discover and see the blue moon. That was interesting. I was with some friends. We had just come back from dinner. And as we were driving, we saw the moonlight. And we said, we need to see more. You know, we saw it through the trees. And so we literally started driving into the neighborhoods to try to find the perfect place so we could see the light. And we finally found it right by the hospital, an opening in the trees. And we came out and we savored the light. You know, it's called a blue moon, many people think, because the, blue, the moon looks blue. But that's actually not true. It only looks blue in a couple of uh, reasons. When there's a, either a volcanic eruption or there's a lot of particles in the sky. If you look back where blue came from, it actually comes from a word, balu, which means to betray. A traitorous moon is what it was once known as. Because there was something wrong about it. Only supposed to be 12 moons in a year. And here comes this 13th moon that shines in the darkness. The betrayer moon. 
And people did not run to see this moon. They ran away from it. See, you'll respond to the light in one of two ways. You'll see it and you'll grasp its beauty and you will run to it. Or you will think of it a betrayer, something that's come to hurt me, something that reveals the darkness of my sin and you will run. Light has come, my friends. So how will you respond? We all have sins. You have inner thoughts, actions that you've done that you're not proud of, that lie that you gave, that comment that you said, that divorce that you caused, that abortion that you had, that nobody knows about. It's in your heart. But Christ has come into our hearts or to our hearts to show us the light and to forgive us and to bless us. Be very careful about saying someone's sin is worse than mine. We all need the light. And so you too must open your heart to the light and let the Word bathe you. Embrace it rather than running from it. As King David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so when I'm afraid, I can respond to the light. And when I do, I need not fear the terror of the night. Or when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I need not fear, for He is with me. If you are a non-Christian, if you've never opened your heart to the light, I encourage you to respond today. If you are a Christian, perhaps you've walled off parts of yourself. Oh, I don't know, want Jesus to take a look at that. Oh, He'd never love me if He saw that. God's love came to illuminate, to expose, and to heal. So receive the light so it can receive you. Well, this brings me to my second point. If we respond to the light, how does the light respond to us? See, we don't think of light as an animate thing. It's simply something that comes down. But this light, this word actually judges. It actually investigates. It actually concludes. We think that we're judging the light, but the light is actually judging us. Notice in verse 17, that light illuminating, also exposing, says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. I tremble when I hear these words, by the way. There's nothing that is hidden that will not be made known, nor is there anything secret that will not be brought to light. Everything will be made known. In fact, the same word, made known, manifest, come to light, excuse me, manifest and come to light are the same in Greek. Phanero is the word, which comes from the word phino, which is built on the word phos, from where we get the word photo. It means to take a picture, to make known, to illuminate. It's interesting that it is being made known. There is something that is revealing it. This light, my friends, is a searchlight. See, we can try to suppress the light 
but the light will expose us. We can try to conceal the light, but the light will reveal us. As Romans 1.18 says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. There is a wrath of God that's being revealed against all godlessness and wickedness, those who suppress the truth. Because what they do, um, excuse me, what God is, who He is, and what He requires has been made known to them. See, they're hiding the Word. But the Word is responding. As Paul says, because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when His righteousness judgment will be revealed. It's almost as we suppress the light that there is this account, this storehouse of evil with every action, every careless word is being written down somewhere on a journal as the light exposes it. We're storing up wrath. Paul says, therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes and He will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. And at that time each will receive his praise from God. There is an appointed time, a reckoning, when all that we have and what we've done will be brought to light. And the motives of our hearts will be weighed. As Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. And so what I'm here to tell you is that the word is dangerous. In some ways it might have been better if you had never come to hear this message. But alas, I tricked you into coming here. The word is dangerous because it demands a response you'll remember the Hebrews in the desert they had the gospel preached to them but the message they heard was of no value because they did not combine it with faith they simply tried to suppress it but guys we can't fool God remember the story of the parable of the banquet he invites people everybody comes in but there's one there who's not wearing wedding clothes Friend, he says, how did you get in here? It's not that he's not wearing nice enough attire. We see clearly that it's God who provides the clothes. Rather, he's simply here to be a part of the festivities, what's going on. But he's never opened his heart to the truth. And listen to what the king says. Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You don't want to know what hell is? Hell is darkness. I guess I'm old-fashioned, but it seems like we should talk about hell if we're going to talk about heaven. If God is light, and this light is intended to bring life, hell has to be a place where there is no light. There is no life. There is no revelation. There is only darkness and weeping. We must respond to the light because the light is going to respond to us. I remember when my oldest son, Mark, started to have some issues with his heart. 
And they did a stress test. They couldn't find anything. They did an echocardiogram. But there was one more thing they needed to do. And so they took us to this kind of back room in the hospital. And it was very strange because it had those like yellow sign with the little triangles that I had seen like at a fallout shelter. And it was the Department of Nuclear Medicine. And so they walked us into this specific room and they pulled out this vial and a vial in a vial. And a vial. It was like a Russian babushka doll, you know? It kept on pulling it out. And in that vial, the final one was a radioactive pill. And what they do in nuclear medicine is they go ahead and you swallow the pill. Now, it's supposedly not enough radiation to kill you, which I hope. But as it goes down through your system, the radioactive isotopes basically interact with different organs of your body. And through using uh, radioactive uh, radio technology, sensing technology, they can watch as this pill goes through your body, revealing whatever's going on in your heart. But we did not need to be afraid because we were in the hands of healers. And so we trusted because they knew what to do and how to heal us. My friends, we need not fear the light. Because those who believe in the light experience the grace of Jesus Christ. The light responds to us, not with condemnation, but with grace. Because Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who knew no sin, became sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God. He took the pill. He died the death of a sinner. He died the death we deserve to die after living the life that we couldn't live. And he took death to himself on the cross and then in the grave. But because Christ is greater than death, he rose again. The one in whom is life itself. And so we too must take the pill to not put off the scan of God's word. For we will be judged and scanned. The light will respond to us and will bring to light the motives of our heart. And so if you are a Christian, if you have responded to the light, then live as a child of the light. For the Apostle Paul says, you who were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. See, this pill, as we swallow it, gives off light. It changes us. Our thoughts, our actions, the way we conduct business, the way we run our home, the way we live with our neighbors, the way we treat the person at the gas station. See, if you have the light, and the light is responding to you with grace, you can live without fear, either for the present or for the future. Because there is not darkness in you, but rather the light of the world which has come into your hearts. This brings me to my final point that the light ultimately will reveal. Not only in the future, but right now and right at this time. This final verse in verse 18, Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has more will be given. And to the one who does not have, 
even what he has will be taken away. Sometimes the kingdom of God doesn't make any sense. It's like it's upside down, right? Well, that doesn't make sense. The one who has more surely should be distributed some of his so everyone can have it right. It's not the way the kingdom of God works. But that's not fair. Who told you that life was fair? Life isn't fair. That doesn't mean we shouldn't try to make it fair. But we don't deserve anything. But by God's rules, something happens to the one who has, who has accepted, who has responded, who has surrendered to God's light. That as they let the light in and they nurture it like a plant, it begins to produce a harvest of love and joy and peace. See, light ultimately is about growth. It multiplies. As we see people turn more and more from creatures of darkness into creatures of light. You know, if you've ever seen a saint, we're all Christians. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. But I mean a mature one. And you look at their life, you see there's something about them. It's, you can't quite tell it. It's something that has come up inside of them. That has overtaken them so much that it's coming out of them. And the way they love. And the way they live. And the way they worship. God's desire is to bring a harvest in your life. Because Christianity is not just a reward we receive later, it's a status that we receive now. And so if you have the light, and if you nurture it and care for it, you will experience the life growing more and more as you're conformed to His likeness. But from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. How many of you took piano lessons when you were a kid? Raise your hand. Wow, a lot of you were deprived, right? How many of you can play the piano well now? In fact, you can look at sheet music and you can play the piano well. Raise your hand. Now, wait a second. You took piano lessons. Why can't you play the piano? It was never nurtured. It never went from out there into here. In fact, you can spend 30, 40, 50 years in a church and yet the seed never germinates because something happens to your heart if you ignore the word if you set it to the side and you don't nurture it your heart begins to harden you install the blackout curtains in your room you build a hard shell like the Pharisees as they heard Christ's word more and more they became more and more bitter and as you grow older, you'll become more and more afraid, more and more angry, and more and more immune to the grace of God. And you will no longer be living. You will eventually simply be existing. One is sprouting and the other is withering. So examine your life. Examine your life. Has the light come into me? Am I nurturing it and caring for it? 
or am I standing outside of it? I want to finish with a passage from my son's book, The Extraordinary Ordinary Life of Mark Rodriguez. For some of you that don't know, my son was killed last year. He's only one of my three sons. Thank goodness I have two others. But my son was a prolific writer and he journaled. So we discovered these journals, his private journals, and we published them for people to read. And as a story in this journal, and it's called The Cabin, we like to think of it as the picture of him coming home. I opened the cabin's front door and am greeted with one of the most beautiful mornings I've ever seen. All around me, the mighty forest brims with gentle light as the sun crests the horizon somewhere behind the trees. The trees are silent as they are old. The sweet calm is only broken by the satisfying crush of September leaves as I step barefooted from the porch to the earth. A breeze flows over my skin as the tree branches ride it, and I spot something in the distance. Light. Fierce, glorious, powerful light. And suddenly I hear a quiet yet strong voice that caresses my heart. Come find me. The thrill of that eager voice spreads my mouth into a smile, then bursts through my lips in a laugh. Come find me. And without a thought, I sprint into the forest. All I can think of is that voice, that strong, passionate, joyful voice calling me toward it. That light becomes less and less blocked by the trees, and all around, branches seem to burst into flame as the light pours through the once muted autumn leaves. The closer I get, the more the world seems to stir. Suddenly I dodge a tree and my feet land on cool, soft sand and then I see a light. Above a flat mirror of a lake burns the most vibrant, intense, gorgeous sunrise I've ever seen. The sun blasts fantastically into clouds that seem like waves, turning them into romantic pinks and laughing oranges. I sink to my knees as I gaze what lies before me. And as my soul burns in wonder, that lovely voice speaks again. Just three words but they mean more to me than I've ever heard, any I've ever heard. I love you. And suddenly creation bursts forth in worship. And I leap to my feet, spinning and dancing before the Lord as I sing of his awesome power, his goodness, his mind-blowing love. And then I hear that mighty voice join me as the world becomes Eden and as it returns to its true purpose of glorifying its creator. And in this moment, all is as it should be. And I am what I was once. And I am what I was designed to be. If you see the light and love it, it will call to you in whispers throughout your life. And finally at the end, as you run to the light and you see the light giver, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come share in your master's happiness. And the world will burst in flames as all of creation stands before its creature, before its creator. And like Mark, we will know everything that we were meant to be and all God has for us. The light shines upon you. How will you respond to it? For how you respond to it will show how it responds to you flourish don't wither finish with grace running across the finish line not in bitterness and anger and fear
This is the blessing and gift of God. And it's for every one of you today who would have it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that once we who were in darkness, that you, the light of the world, came and dwelt. And we have seen your glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Lord, help us not stand outside the light, but let us take it, your life, your word, the truth, and bring it into our hearts. Let it have its way with us as we let it shape us and change us, illuminate us and expose us and heal us, Lord. And shape us, Lord, through your light as we care for it and nurture it into the glorious ones that you have made us to be. All of this we pray through the glorious and beautiful, light-filled name of Jesus Christ. Amen.